You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 448. Private Matters. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. to the MyMac Podcast 448 with the G-Men. Guy, well, I hope Guy's there anyway. Guy, hello? Yeah, hello. yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hey, I'm myself, Gaz, the G-Men, that's us. We don't oh. wear G-strings, we are the G-Men. Um, <laughs> we, we, we do like them, though. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's not where I was expecting that conversation to go. Oh. So, move, so moving on. Please, um, let's move on. We apologize for the mistives of last week's audio. Mine or, was... Oh, and, and the uh, the week before that. And the week before that. <laughs> They've not all been that bad. Actually, to be honest with you, Guy, listening to uh, last week was totally different if you listened to it over a computer than it was if you listened to it over uh, an iOS device. And really? I, I, yeah, I was totally... I, I thought I didn't think normally you'd put something out that sounded that bad. And I must admit, when I listened to it on my iPhone, I thought, it's not as good as it should be. And then I listened to it on the computer and I thought, that's a better quality. So I don't know what's going on there. Anyway. Well, you know what's way. weird? What's weird is um, I had gone through the whole editing process and had exported it out of GarageBand and uh, turned it into an MP3 and had it in iTunes and put it on my iPhone and I was listening to it back and I was like, way way over modulated and then between that and you were too soft and the, all the crackling it was like oh so i had to go back and, and like do the whole thing all over again so um for as weird and as horrible sounding as last week's show was it was even worse the first time through i actually <laughs> did it a second time to make it at least somewhat more listenable good man good man <sighs> The anyway, sacrifices I make. You do a very good job, young man. I try. I try so hard. Anyway, I just want been, good audio. What have you been up to this week? Um, well, actually, at the moment, I'm kind of batching it. Uh, my wife, Tracy, is off to a seminar up in Maryland with a friend of hers. And uh, she'll be, this is Sunday, March 10th. She'll be back later tonight. And then the weird thing is on Wednesday, uh, she's flying out to Boise, Idaho. And she and her sister, who's flying to, to the same place uh, from South Florida, are going to spend like about a week with uh, their mother out there. So have you been doing some Boise stuff with your son? And has it entailed anything to do with the Mac? No, no. As a matter of fact, um, well, he did ask me earlier today. There was because he really loves like the Jurassic Park movies. Mm -hmm. And there were these like Jurassic Park games that he had probably four or five, six years ago. And he was asking me, he was like, Dad, where are those games? I was like, uh, I don't know. I, you know I, I never played them, and I haven't seen them in so long. So I'm going to have to be doing a search for these old you know, Macintosh uh, uh, Jurassic Park games. Cool. But for the next week, after, well, the after Tracy leaves, yeah, yeah, for the Mac. After right. Tracy leaves, it's just going to be Peter and me left to our own devices. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure all the people in the area will be very afraid. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid, and I'm miles away. <laughs> At least one mile. So what do, you, what do you got going on? Well, I've had a few problems this week, actually, with Time Machine. Really? Um, one of the Macs that I back up to, basically what I've got is a uh, hard drive attached to the Airport Extreme, which some people say you shouldn't do, but I know that it works, and other people say that it does work, and that Apple condone it. Some yeah. Say they don't well, condone. So anyway, it's a bit of a mix yeah. there. So I've been running, and it, and it generally works fine. But I've actually seen this error being reported by people who actually have got the time capsule. So it's not just uh, related to um, devices which are attached to airport extremes. It is also related to, uh, you know, actual time capsules themselves. But what I was getting was um, one of my Macs, and this periodically seems to happen with, you know, one of the Macs um, that I've got backing up. And it says that the sparse bundle is already in use. And I thought, I'm getting fed up with this happening. So what I, I did a little bit of digging and I found 
um, by doing quite a bit of searching online. Google that Foo. If, Google Foo or Bing Foo. Bing Foo. I like Bing Foo. <laughs> so it's much, it's sounds like a bu- Chinese dish. Well, it's got a much better ring to it, hasn't it? I'm going to Bing Foo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or you hoo hoo you. Anyway, we're going way off topic. What? <laughs> well, you, you who used to have a search, didn't they? Uh, I mean, Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> no, Yahoo who you is much better than Yahoo Yahoo who. Anyway. Anyway. What I found was that if you go into the airport utility on your Mac and go then onto the disk section of the um, airport extreme, once you found it, and disable the enable disk sharing option and then update the disk and then go back into uh, airport utility and go to the disk and then re-enable the um, enable disk sharing and then re-update the airport extreme. That seemed to fix the issue, i.e. the Mac that was unable to see the sparse bundle because it was telling me it was already in use could then see the sparse bundle because it wasn't then in use, i.e. what I did was turn it off and on again. So in order to use it, you had to disable the enabler and then turn it back on and enable the disabler? I, I had to basically disable the enable hard drives or the hard to enable the disk sharing. I'm you know, messing yes, with yes, you, man. Yes, yes, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the, re- the reason I didn't catch it is you did break up a little bit, so that's why I didn't catch oh. that one. But yes, yes. In other words, you were funny. I just didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, that, so that was a bit of it. So if anybody else is seeing that issue, you know, Time Machine occasionally saying that the sparse bundle is already in use, and you're finding that you're struggling to actually get it fixed, basically reboot your Airport um, Extreme or do the process that I did, which basically reboots it because it resets it. Right, uh, and any time you make any setting changes, you, you you pretty much have to reboot yeah, it in order for them right, to take place. Yeah, that's right, So that pretty much fixed the issue. So come on, Apple, it just were. <sighs> it just were. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had uh, my wife's computer is... Oh, and by the way, that, yeah. was, that wasn't hit it. Gaz's tips. Yeah, I tell them tell them that story. How long it took me to get you, to finally get you the uh, the gases tips opening and closing themes? Probably about three months. I don't. Yeah. Like well, you asked me a couple times, and I oh yeah, let me get those right to you. And then I, of course I'd completely forget. And then like two weeks would go by, and you're like, you're you're gonna send me those uh, opening and closing yeah, theme you, to you were gases doing, tip. You- yeah, you were doing such a good job, really. It didn't really bother me. It was only, the only reason I really needed them was when I was possibly going to be doing a, a podcast on my own because you were you were skiving off somewhere. Was yeah, I was uh, somewhere in California. No, I don't know. What the hell was that all about? God knows. <laughs> uh, should we go on over to the mymac.com podcast? <laughs> Mac. There I go again. There I go again. The <laughs> MyMac website articles. I had to say articles in that. Because you know, I said the first part, my Mac, and then I was supposed to say articles, but then instead I said podcast. Uh, all right, here we go. We are about to launch my Mac. Recent articles. <laughs> anyway, you take the first one because, <laughs> okay. because I want to say something at the end of it. Okay. Well, the first one is from Kurt Blanchard. It's the VHA 360 Bluetooth speaker. Wireless Bluetooth speakers are plentiful these days. Big ones, small ones, good ones, awful ones. And choosing one is difficult because you can't always test drive them in the store. The key features are similar. Connection via cable or wirelessly via Bluetooth. The V-Hall 360 Bluetooth speaker offers a feature that most of the others don't have. Music via... Wow, really? An SD card. My <laughs> Mac rating of 8 out of 10. Now, now, Kurt does go on to say a lot more about the, <laughs> about those particular speakers and about, obviously, the sound quality. I mean, you've got to remember the size of these things. Right. But pretty much on the back of that um, article, I've been an ordered one. Oh, you, you, you ordered one? I've ordered one of those. So I'll tell you what, Kurt, if it's not as good 
is if it's not an eight out of ten, I'm going to be giving you a right telling off. I tell you. <laughs> Well, make sure you have all your music on SD cards. Yeah, no, no, no. That's an extra option. You've got to read the article in full. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. But um, basically, I gave my daughter one to take down to to Fiji, which wasn't one of these. Uh, and when we played the music on it, I thought that is really useful. And there are times when we just, you know, would like to be. We're in an area or a place where we just, you know, we want some louder volume from rather than just the the device. Sure. Um, and and so I thought, yeah, it's about time we got one. So um, on the back of that, I've been an ordered one. Yeah, there you go. You see, cool. I do I do read the articles from time to time. Anyway, <laughs> notebook for iPad. This is a review by Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. I am so on it this week. I just, I'm, I don't know. I think I've got to finish the show now because that was just on the nail. So that we can't get any better than that. So goodbye, everyone. Good night. Oh, wait, you still have to talk about the review. Okay. Notebook and note-taking apps are a dime a dozen in the iTunes App Store. I've downloaded a bunch and deleted most. I've always heard wonderful things about Circus Pony's Notebook for Mac. In fact, there are a few podcasters who rave about the software. Yes, that's good. When I had the opportunity to review Notebook for Notebook for iPad, slow down, wow. Gary. Slow down. Put your teeth back in. We have plenty of time, Gaz. That's the end of that review. Um, I was expecting great things. Did Notebook for iPad meet my expectations? And that's a question mark. My Mac review rating 7 out of 10. But I've put a proviso in here because Elisa did say it could have been an 8 out of 10. You'll just have to read the article to find out why it didn't quite get there. So close. So very, very now, close. Now, I wasn't sure whether we should, I should put the next one in because it was kind of a, a bit of an ad. But there, there is, a, I think, a bit of an ad which tells you about five top iPad games for just killing time. But you'll have to go over to read the article to find out about them. Yep, and that's by Kurt Blanchard. No, it's not. Um, Oh, it's not? It's oh, you're not. right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I got confused between... Uh. Hang on a minute. Stand by. <laughs> okay. My, my brain just kicked right back in. Uh, the next up is a uh, an app called AnyList. It's a review by also by Kurt Blanchard. AnyList is an iPhone app that lets you make as many grocery or shopping lists as you want or need. And it's free. It contains an autocomplete dictionary, so when you start typing Brock, it fills in broccoli. But what if you want, like, crocodiles? Anyway, uh, this makes a creating a shopping list very fast without a lot of typing. My Mac review rating of 9 out of 10, and please don't buy crocodile meat in the grocery store. It's just not good. No, it's probably horse meat, and that's a bit of a UK joke. <laughs> I, no, I, I know about that. I stop motion. Uh, that's a review from Beta Purd. Careful, careful. Careful. When you first open iStopMotion, it has an intro video to give you a basic idea of how it works. It shows you which cameras you can use with iStopMotion, which are the front and rear iPad cameras. Also, you can use the free companion iStopMotion remote camera for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch to take video. <laughs> now, Guy... Yeah, hold on a second. It's it's the wife calling. Hello, wife. You're on the air. <laughs> Hang on a minute, folks. Okay, so you're on your way home from your secret seminar somewhere in Maryland. That's right. We're actually recording the podcast right now, and I'm recording this bit into it. Ga- Gaz is playing like this weird music in the background. My head's like bobbing back and forth. Spectrum is green. Spectrum is green. Are you finished? <laughs> yeah, the phone call is done. That was Tracy calling to say that uh, she was Hi, on Tracy. her way home. Uh, right. Where was uh, I, love I? Do- I really do love doing this show. I do. <laughs> it's so much fun. Okay, so 
as if nothing had happened, the companion camera application for the iPhone is free as well, which is nice. That gets a MyMac review rating of 9 out of 10. And if you've got no idea what I was talking about because of what happened in the middle of that, that was iStop Motion, a review from Peter Bird. Now, the next item, I'm going to jump in, Guy, because... Yeah, yeah you may as well. It says, why innovation doesn't mean brand new. This is an opinion piece by Mr. Cy Girl. All tech companies copy. It's all built on what came before. It's how it's implemented and the infrastructure built around it. What matters? And few companies outside of Apple, Google, and possibly Samsung seem to do it very well. Market share, sales, and profits, all three are very different things. Now, this item already has a comment from peter bird actually Um, and it says that's a great piece guy excellently done so go over to the website and have a read about what guy says and then email us google plus us and tell us what you think yep and remember that i write almost as well as i podcast (laughs) (laughs) next up is a review by uh lich refco Wow. The That's Voyager. Isn't it? Ah, Oh, Lich Refko. All right, all right, all right. Stop, stop, stop. We're going to get in even more trouble. This this is a troublesome show. That should be that should be, actually be the title. It isn't, but it's what it, the title should be. Um, <laughs> well, I don't even know where I was anymore. Voyager S3. S3. <laughs> Newer tech offers a variety of hard drive docking solutions. For those of us who prefer to use bare hard drives for external storage not going there these docks also come in handy for those who need access to a hard drive they've pulled out of a mac or windows machine it gets a my mac review rating of nine out of ten okay so cam card this is a review from julie cool it's keel not cool you podcasting fool (laughs) that wasn't nice julie no I have to say say it wrong so that you can play that now, don't I? I had a problem and CamCard was the solution. My problem was that I had collected a large handful of business cards at Macworld that I wanted to keep on file, but I didn't want to keep the cards lying around gathering dust. Now, I didn't put a rating in here, which is bad on me, so let me just have a quick look and go over and see whether it was actually rated by Julie Keel, and she actually gave it 9 out of 10. So. It was worth going and having a look. So, cam card. <laughs> uh, the last, God, the last professional. <laughs> <laughs> the last bit we have before we get out of this disastrous part of this podcast is Johnny Winter. Uh, it's an app review by Julie Cool. It's Keel, not Cool. You podcasting fool. I knew I could get another one in there. <laughs> the Johnny Winter app for the iPad is an impressive collection of information on the legendary 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 wow guitar player and his music this app is for experienced guitar players or general fans of the performer while it will teach you how to play johnny's legendary style it isn't intended to teach the basics of guitar playing gets a my mac review rating of 7 out of 10 i i you know i just can't imagine somebody saying i'm going to learn how to play the guitar only by trying to figure out how Johnny Winter plays guitar. Well, you know, that's why she rated it the way she did. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably. You know, I don't quite know where we were going with that. Anyway, that's, <sighs> there's, there's lots of items, more items than there were last week. Go over to the website. There's always new stuff appearing on there. Keep going to the website. Keep reading it. And put in a few comments uh, if you, you know, yeah, well, you know, in between those times when you're calling our Skype number. <clears throat> yeah, because it, I, I know it's, it's so busy. busy. Oh, so my busy. goodness. Okay, we've got some feedback, apparently. Oh, okay. Oh, oh this, yeah, I see. is that for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is from John Nemo. Uh, I got my parents a third. This is, oh, my God, what a disastrous show. This is, I, I hope this show sounds better. At least I hope, it, I hope this at least sounds good. Yeah, the content. Well, the content's crappy. <laughs> but at least, hey, but at least it sounds so good and professional. Uh, this is from John Nemo. I got my parents a third-gen Apple TV for, for their older TV that has an HDMI connection. 
I can get the Apple TV to display, but after the TV is switched to regular TV and back to HDMI, the Apple TV will display will will not display anymore without being unplugged and reconnected. I am assuming it is their HDMI port since the Apple TV works fine on my TV with the same cable. It is an HD tube TV. I have never even heard of an HD tube TV with an HDMI port. <laughs> now, uh, he says that he tried this with the same cable connected up to his TV with didn't have any problems. Uh, John, what you have to remember is that there's HDMI cables and then there's HDMI cables. Sometimes the the cheaper ones, and not all the time, frankly, for the most part, with with modern TVs, it doesn't seem to be a problem. But I also had this problem with a uh, a cheap HDMI cable connected out of a an Apple TV to a, a relatively new at the time TV that that wasn't a big tube, and I couldn't get it to work. It wasn't until I switched cables. So that's something you may want to try first off. Is yeah, just just try another cable. And yeah, the the other thing is, I'm kind of confused by what he says here by uh, switching from regular TV and then back to HDMI. I'm guessing he's talking about with like a remote control. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I would. Yeah, I would say that um, it, that he's he's changing obviously from the sources. So he's he's picking from um, because on on our TV, obviously, we've got the Apple TV connected to the HDMI channel. Right. Uh and if we want to go to uh the free view, obviously I've got to change the um the selection because of the input. Right. Which looks- input which input you're going to be watching. <clears throat> that's right, and that's what I'm assuming he's meaning there. Okay. But he does good good John does go on to say he was going to bring them his first gen Apple TV, uh which should work for their needs and should work fine through the component connectors. But I, I would agree with you. I'd I'd go for the route that you mentioned first just to try it because it's it's the cheap, probably the cheaper option, and you can never have too many HDMI cables anyway. No, um, no. But the fact that it's a HD tube TV, being probably a bit of an older version, he goes on to finish off by saying, "Any thoughts on the second gen working because the resolution was low on that model, or is it just a messed up port?" And I've got a feeling that could be the problem. What messed up port on the TV set? <clears throat> yeah, and getting a getting either borrowing. Of course, you could see if you could borrow a a, a spare HDMI um, yeah. connection from someone and just try that. And if you're still getting the same problems, then you know your suggestion of going for an Apple TV and putting the component connectors in is probably going to be okay. Yeah, it should be. It should <clears throat> be. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really it really depends on how worried they are about getting the absolutely best. Uh, imagery and uh, it doesn't say how big the TV is. So if it's uh, well, it's a tube, so I'm guessing it's probably thirty inches. Yeah. So, in that so, area. so to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't worry about it because the you know the for when the smaller you go, the it, the less the harder it is to actually differentiate. Yeah. Uh, on the quality. And if you're sat, you know, way back, then I, you know, I wouldn't worry too much, John. Just try it. See if you can borrow another HDMI. Try it. If that doesn't work, go with the option of uh, uh, the Apple TV and the component connectors. Yeah. And if you have a 60 inch tube TV, where the hell did you get that? Well, I personally, if he's, if he's got a 60 inch tube TV, he must have about three acres of land. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you could actually get a suntan while you're watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some feedback from Twitter. Uh, Peter78, after listening to last week's show, said, no more nuts for Gaz, and to which I replied, don't say that. He'll never speak to me again. True. Yeah. Um, if the face fits, commented on sound problems with last week's show saying it was too distorted. I agree. And that it wasn't. Uh, just a problem with gases crackling. I'm still working on getting the levels right, and I hope everyone will have patience while we continue to sort it out. That was the reply from yourself. Yeah. And uh, Mac Mommy, in a conversation with Dave Hamilton and myself, was complaining about iOS autocorrect changing effing to offing. Dave called it ducking autocorrect, and then I said it gave a whole new meaning to off the duck. And... If you just think about that for a second, you'll you'll get the joke. Off the truck. No. Off instead of saying <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, do you, do you know where I am now? 
<laughs> you know where I'm going with that? Oh, yeah, I know where you're going with that. Okay. All right. Let's say no more. This is, this is a family show. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay, now we did get some feedback from Google+, Plus, but it's created a scenario which has moved, so we've moved it into the second section because it's a whole discussion point. Yep. Um, so I think uh, that'll probably do it for the first section because it was pretty cool, pretty smooth, and pretty slick. So, Guy... Uh, well, we, have, we have one more thing. Do we? Tech News of the Weird. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I missed yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. You carry on. <laughs> okay. Well, there was a, a video... That was sent in. Uh, it's a self-destructing DRM chair that falls apart after a certain number of uses. And it basically, when you watch the video, it just shows these people walking up to the chair, sitting in it, and then getting back up. And there's like 10, maybe 12 people that come and sit down and then get up and walk away. And I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm thinking, well, what's, what's the big deal here? And then all of a sudden, you, you see the chair kind of move on its own. There's nobody, nobody sitting in it. And then it just falls to pieces right there in the video. Self-destructing DRM chair. Tech news of the weird. That surely is. Yeah. Oh, please get us out of here, guys. Do you want me to get us out? Okay. Please. Quickly. Here I go. Everybody stand by. Just stand by. Because. Oh, spin my nipple nuts and send me to Alaska. (laughs) We'll be right back. Oh, boy. Suze, what are you doing? Huh? Suze, what? what are you doing? John. Take, take off those headphones. John, I can't hear you. What I'm, are you doing? I'm listening to the At Minute Podcast. Leave me alone. Where logic and reason go to die. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. I had to say that really quick before Guess it's something else. And we never got the second section started. Um, this was this this topic kind of came about because of something that was posted on Google Plus from uh, George from Tulsa, who is uh, you know, one of the former, and I say former, uh, subscribers to the G Plus community page for the MyMac podcast. And he's former because of the following reason. I'm going to read the message that he says here. He says, goodbye, Google Plus. A memo just popped up from Google telling me that I will be disconnected because Google knows my internet identity, George from Tulsa, is not my real world legal name. And and frankly, Gaz, I was stunned that that wasn't his real name. (laughs) I have had fun here. Google knows who I am, but I'm so much the public face of my employer that my real life public identity, a Superman, by the way, is more employer than me sharing my somewhat eccentric, mostly tech personal opinions on the net has been okay. But I can't do that when I might be presumed to be speaking for my employer. Time to go dark. And I'm glad I don't need anonymity to keep the secret police from my door. So we, uh, we're, we've lost George from Tulsa, uh, not because he didn't like the show um, probably didn't. or our, our horrible audio quality, uh, just mostly because he, he just decided he had to leave uh, Google Plus. And this kind of led to a, a a thought of mine was saying, you know, basically along the lines of uh, how much privacy do we really expect from social services like Twitter, uh, Facebook, Google Plus, LinkedIn, or even, you know, to keep it, keep it on track, uh, Apple. Now, these are services that we have come to rely on to easily keep in touch with old classmates, friends and family from around the world and to have the chance to even make new friends. Some of these services have been around forever, right? Ever wonder why or how all of these free services get paid for? There are banks of computer servers to keep all the content we pump into them, which means air-conditioned facilities, people to maintain those computers and facilities, programmers, managers, accountants, lawyers, oh yeah, lawyers, and many others all in support roles for many of the positions I named above. Now multiply that by dozens of buildings all over the world to quickly serve up those tweets, likes, pluses, or minuses 
links, pictures, movies, funny cat gifts, music, audio of all types, email, and yes, even spam for just some of the bigger services, hundreds for organizations like Google. And you have to wonder just where, where is all the money coming for this? And yeah, that, that kind of comes down to the crux of it. Now, these are all free services. So where does that money come from, Gaz? Where do you think it comes from? Well, I, uh, you, you know me, my reaction to a lot of this is it, it's ad-based. And the only way it's ad-based is by making money from ads. And making money from ads means that they want to know a little bit about the people that they are advertising to. So uh, it, it, they get it from collecting data. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of these sites have, you know, and like MyMac.com has embedded ads. Now, that means basically these are ads that pretty much people have paid Tim to put onto the website. And, you know, regardless of who you are, when you go to our site, you see those ads. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, the problem is that for the really, really big sites, and not, not that MyMac.com isn't big, but, you know, when you can't compare it to something like Facebook or Google as far as, you know, daily use goes. But the few hits that you get from those kinds of ads aren't going to cover the, the costs that services for something like Facebook or Google would need. So how do they survive? You know, basically, we give them everything they need. We feed them who we are. You know, what we do, where we live, what we buy, what we like, what we don't like, our birthdays, our friends' birthdays, family history, girlfriends, boyfriends, the last time you, know, you just hooked up with someone on a semi-regular basis, the car that we drive, where you bought it, you know, where you had it serviced, what kind of computer or OS you like, and on and on and on. And information that you may not even know about yourself, but these services have pieced it together based on the random bits of uh, of flotsam that you've given it. So why do we why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep giving these services all this information? And and the part that I can't that just blows my mind is you know you'll see something on Facebook about somebody, you know, screaming about privacy settings. And it's like, dude, it's Facebook. Okay? You you really don't have any reasonable expectations of privacy using any of these types of social services. So I, I don't really understand, you know, and it basically if you don't want them to have all this information, don't give it to them. Don't use services like LinkedIn. Like I get probably two or three times a day, an automated email from various people that I'm connected with through LinkedIn that for one reason or another think that I'm not part of LinkedIn. So I get these emails saying, oh, well, they've just updated this and they think that you're the cat's pajamas and, and you should just come on over to LinkedIn. It's like, hey, I, uh, I already have an account and these people know me and, you know, and I'm pretty, pretty sure that these emails that I'm getting aren't because they clicked a button saying send Guy Searle an email about his updated skills set that uh, that I'm that this email seems to be based on and do you get emails like that yeah i'm just trying to work out what sort of email you've just received whether it's an email inviting you to come back or whether it's an email inviting you to join up with someone else it's well it's it's it kind of depends sometimes it's it's saying <laughs> because this the, person because wants to be part of your linkedin circle yeah or, and that's and that's fine and that's you, you see the the it's, it's different levels, isn't it, Guy? LinkedIn, yes, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I don't respond to everybody that you know that comes comes knocking on the door, as it were. Yes, I'm on Facebook, and I'm using Facebook a little bit more than perhaps I've done in the past, and it's it's enabled me to um, uh, to contact people that, uh, including my daughter down in Fiji, um, sure. um, that you know I wasn't as in contact with before, and I'm quite happy with that. But equally. I'm the one that sets the, the rate of information that one goes into Facebook. Now, the problem with Facebook and Google, and I think this is where George from Tulsa is coming from, is um, I, I'm fair, I, you know, I'm known as Gazmaz. Now, there's a few people that do a bit of digging, they'll know my real name as well. Um, but I try. Fred Flintstone. But I, yeah, yeah, thanks. 
Hey, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to out you, Fred. <sighs> you know, sometimes I could kick you. Anyway, <laughs> well, not from where you are. <laughs> um, yeah, that's twenty-eight Alfred Street, Chesterfield. <laughs> um, <laughs> One uh, Buckingham Palace, uh, London, uh, England. And the, pro- and the problem is, George wants to have uh, a persona online precisely because he doesn't want to be seen to be, you know, possibly influencing other areas. And uh, that's one of, the ki- one of the reasons I kind of went in with a, a, like a pseudonym. Now, I don't try and hide who I am under that pseudonym, but it is easier under that pseudonym to be somebody different than at work. Nobody at work knows, you know, the, um, the, the pseudonym of Gazmas. If they did a bit of digging, they could probably find it. But, you know, if they're going to be doing that sort of digging to find out, you know, what sort of person are they anyway? Now, when it comes to Google themselves and Facebook, they get very little out of me. They get very little when it comes to uh, information. What they're much they're much happier in doing is obviously trying to track where you're going, where you've been online, because that gives them much more power. Um, I don't think that I have seen any uh, advertising through the post that has come from me giving away too much information on the web. However, I have seen on the web advertising directed at me presumably because of the websites that i've been and the only way that they could have advertised those items in the right manner was because they found that out and you know th- there was some tracking somewhere but you know it was it was fairly benign tracking and it was fairly benign advertising so i don't have a problem with it where we get a problem with it is when it starts to interrupt in you know a work-life Your balance. Real life. yeah yeah and that's where george is obviously found that it started to affect um his um, comments and who he can be online opposed to who he can be in real life. And, and, and I'm not trying to say that he's trying to hide who he is. He's, he's trying to keep his work and his personal life separate. Uh, and that's, you know, that's fair enough. And, and that's where it's become a problem because Google, yeah. Google, obviously, they don't like you not telling them who you really are. I, I don't know. I seem to have got away with it somehow. <laughs> but, but I've been sneaky a little bit about it because when I get when I get asked for a first name and surname, I give them Gaz, Maz. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and they and they haven't cottoned on. So if they're not going to cotton on, I'm going to continue to do that. And I've even done it to some of the bigger companies that I know aren't tracking me, and I've got every confidence in. In the likes of Apple, for example, um, and well, now Apple Apple does many of these same things. I mean, you have to they remember do. they have their own ad serv- ad service network. Well, they uh, absolutely, absolutely, which I've turned off uh, on my mobile phone. Um, but, but equally, obviously, you've, you've got to give them a a registered um, card as well if you're going to make uh, purchases in the uh, in the online uh, store. store in the yeah. iTunes store. Although there are some people that have turned that off because there is an option with Apple to turn the card off. You can say no card, and I know that there are some people that top up with vouchers. So you know you can do it with Apple, who really are wanting your money, whereas Google are obviously wanting information about you. I don't like where it was going. But it does seem recently to have eased off. Now, George from Tulsa has kind of highlighted something to me, which so far I seem to have gotten away with. Um, but I totally agree with what he, he's saying, that if I had to say to the likes of Twitter, to the, I'm not so worried about Facebook now because they've given me privacy options, which I can, you know, I've got control over. They're not easy privacy options. You've got to do a bit yeah, they're, of They're awfully hard to find, you, and, it's kinda, do, and it's been questionable in the past over how effective well, those are. they seem to have been effective for me, um, but I can't, you know, I couldn't put my hand up in court and, and swear on whichever faith I might belong to that that, actually has happened so um but but he does seem to be effective and i'm quite happy with facebook and google but only through google because of my my misdirection so i totally agree with george (laughs) and moving forward i i think people are getting they're going to get they're going to get more aware of this and i think they're going to get more coy 
on how they do things. And I think you're going to see a lot of people with two personas and you're going to see a lot more P.O. boxes appearing on the web. You know how people you know, used you know to do what? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't agree. I, I think most people don't give it any thought whatsoever. Um, the only time it ever seems to come up is when there's some big brouhaha. Like, for example, there was uh, Apple got kind of got their hands caught in the, the penny jar, so to speak, over something with, uh, with, with their Maps app recently where it was caching data that, uh, according to, I, I can't even remember who it was now, uh, was, was basically saying that that was a violation of the privacy standards that Apple themselves have said that they weren't going to do. And uh, Apple tried to play it off, but, you know, I mean, who knows where it'll go. Of course, there's a big class action lawsuit that's, that's you know, related to it, which as these things always are. Um, you know, but the problem is that some people kind of say, what does it matter? And I, I guess it, it kind of depends on how much of the life that you have, you would prefer to have private apart from your online persona. Now you have, you know, your Gazmaz persona and George had his George from Tulsa persona. And I can understand why a lot of people would do that. I mean, do would you want, you know, old boyfriends or girlfriends, some of whom that you may not have even parted on the best of terms with to be able to see all of that info or your bank or where you work. Uh, do you want them to know everything about you? And so I guess you got to kind of ask yourself, why would these services try so hard to get this information yeah, and then also keep it from other social services? And the easy answer is they want to sell it to the highest bidder for targeted ads. Cause that's a huge business, especially for Google. Yeah. But the thing is, guy. <laughs> I mean, oh, I can't you, even breathe. Yeah, I heard. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, what will happen in the end, certainly in Europe, it'll get taken out of their hands because there will be legislation saying you cannot do this automatically. You have to get um, you know, the agreement of the third party that you are tracking uh, because it has gone too far. I mean, that's already sort of happening over here in Europe, and it will, you know, It'll get worse, and and they will start to come down on these uh, these companies like a ton of bricks. And it, it's it's. I watched a film today. In fact, was it today? Early today, yeah. Um, it was on BBC over the weekend, and uh, um, it's a bit of a British film. And it was called Made in Dagenham. And it was. About, oh, I've never heard of that. It's about um, 187 women who went on strike in the Ford factory because they weren't being given a equal pay, and. It was just a few people that started something and it led to legislation and it led to Ford across the world having a lot better um, uh, employment rights with their em employees and treating them a lot better. And what, as we go forward, the likes of Google will have to be treating its customers a lot better and its customers are everybody that uses its services. And ethically, if they don't play the game, there will be countries that will come down on them like a ton of bricks. I mean, you've already seen the response in China, the fact that they don't like the way Google has got a stranglehold on usage in that country. Well, you know why that is. Uh, no, 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 no. Because uh, the no, no, Chinese no. government whoa, 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 wants that, whoa, 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 all that no, no, information. Don't go down that avenue, Guy. Please don't go down that avenue. Because as far as I, that is a very dangerous route to go down, just blaming it or saying the Chinese government because they want this, that, and the other. What, we, what, I'm set, what I'd like to make the point here is it wasn't so many months ago that all <laughs> – a lot of Americans were complaining about the fact that there was so much Chinese equipment in their country. And what had the Chinese government done, you know, surreptitiously so that they could get... So we've got to be a bit careful that we're not calling the kettle black here. My point is that won't just happen in China. It is already happening in Europe. And Okay, but, you know, but my point is that it wasn't... You know, the, the Chinese didn't complain because of their citizens' information going to Google. No, no, I know, I know. But the point is made that the government will put in legislation because of the government feeling that they had too much power, they will make 
a stand. And the same thing is happening in Europe on a much more what I deem to be ethical basis. But I'm not going to judge the Chinese government on their uh, the pros and cons of why they did that. What will happen, because that's a completely separate argument to a certain degree, but, okay. but what will happen is that governments will start to step in um, if privacy isn't taken a little bit more seriously. And it, well, and it, I, and it only takes I hope a- you're right, but I, I somehow, you know, I, I just don't see it becoming, you know, I, I guess the, the biggest problem is getting over the apathy of the end users the- that use these products. The- and, you know, it, you, you basically have, you have three different types of people that use services like this when it comes to privacy. You have people that are uber paranoid about it and, you know, go through the trouble of, you know, going to all the settings and figuring out how it all works and clicking the boxes as much as they can to make sure that, you know, as much as they can control it is controlled. Then you have people that know what it is that that things like Google and Facebook are doing and just deal with it thinking, well, there's nothing that, that we can really do about it. And then you have the people that just don't care either way. And I'm not quite sure what side of the fence I'm on. I think I'm kind of in that second category where it's like, yeah, I could probably find all those settings and change them. But- I think there's a, there's a fourth group. <sighs> I think there's a fourth group. There are people that complain about it. And very often they can make a loud enough noise for um, it to be. For the others? Yeah, for the others, for it to be heard. Because that's the same in almost any um, modern society that becomes lackadaisical and we're all we're all guilty of it i am as well we're all guilty of it but i i i I think it will i i think legislation will kick in if if something's going to happen it's probably it's something bad is probably going to happen um but i think we're already walking towards um the attitude of of certain certainly in europe some governments saying you know it's it's too much they know too much and they don't make it easy to for you to, to to opt out to opt out it's not a matter of hiding it's a matter of opting out on on things like that and if that means some services go away like hey let's pay let's pay for it you know um cheap 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 doesn't always mean quality it doesn't it doesn't always mean uh, that you're going to get exactly what it is and cheap cheap that cheap you think you're getting. it's not it, it people think it's free but it's not always free yeah. as well. well i mean for example we use google plus a uh, google plus community for the my mac podcast uh we use google docs to share show notes back and forth and do you remember when we used to use a yeah, program called I, pirate pad I, I remember when i went into google docs all of the information that i had to put my, my bank details in there my birthday in there and bank detail I'm i don't joking. you didn't have to put I'm joking. bank details i'm joking guy i'm joking. <laughs> okay um well i mean but that it was just something i thought was very interesting and, and like i'd like to thank george from tulsa um, even though I hope he's still listening to the podcast, even if he's not in the, the Google Plus community anymore. Uh, thanks for, for bringing that up, because I think this is a very important topic. It is. And if your privacy is important to you, then you need to to go through you know all of the secret menus and in Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter and all these other accounts that, that you're just dumping all this stuff in and figure out just how much of it that you really want them to know because uh, ultimately if you don't do anything about it, then nothing will be done. And you just got to be careful what you're putting in there. And that's, I think that's pretty much what I, I try. yeah. Just, just remember that, that picture of you, you know, being drunk on spring break that can follow you around for the rest of your you know, life. Do you know, that's one of the first things that I told my daughters when they first went to the Facebook, I said, look, I don't mind you going into Facebook. I'm going to go through the privacy settings with you. I want you to understand the implications of what you're doing. And I'm, mm-hmm. and, I, and that was the thing that I said. You say, do, or post something in, in Facebook and you make it open, it will follow you forever. And, just, yep. and, and I asked the question, would you like me to see what you've posted? And if you think that that is not good enough for your mum and dad, you know, Whoever you are, if you think that your mum and dad would tut tut and say, you idiot, don't do it. Yeah, then chances are you probably shouldn't put that online. Yeah. 
All right. Um, I think uh, we're going to we're going to take our second break here. So uh, thanks again, George from Tulsa, everyone. But everyone else, please stand by to stand by. You know, the second part, I'm going to stop here for a second. That second part of the show was so much more professional than the, <laughs> the, f- the first part of the show that just seemed to be a walking disaster. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, guys? No, because I quite enjoyed the first section. Anyway, stand <laughs> by to stand by and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hello, Mark. How are you today? I am doing well. Everyone listen to Not Another Mac Podcast because it is fun. Ha ha. For people with no taste in podcasts, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to the final section of this week's MyMac podcast with the G-Men. That's the G-G-G-G-G-G-Men. It's number 448. Did you know that guy? I, I did know that. You did? I, I actually typed that out. Did you? But I, 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 I didn't do I it like it with out. numbers. I went four, you know, F-O-U-R, and then F-O-U-R, and then eight, A-T-E. Is that like a position, 448? Yeah. Excellent. Either that or it's a sandwich order. I can't figure it out. Can you do me a favor? What's that? Nod your head. Oh, I'm nodding. Gases tips. Most of Gases tips. Most of Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. Hey, that worked. <laughs> Didn't even have my help this time. Oh, oh I, I did nod my head, though. Just good. Good. Genius mix is in iTunes. They get on my wick. Oh, really? Right. I, I never use it. Get, well, right click on the icon and remove. Each of those, just remove them. Get Just get them out of there. Get them out of your hair and they won't be taking up time. They won't be trying to work out. Just right-click on each of the Genius Mixes and go remove. And you can get rid of all of your, um, basically, your Genius Mixes. And if you want to bring them back in the future because you think that Genius was actually quite good and quite useful, then all you have to do is right-click in the white space under the Genius Mixes, and you can see that it says, Restore All Mixes. But if you don't want Genius doing all that calculation and looking up and giving you all of that music in those mixes, or if you just like one, you can just get one by removing all the rest. You know, um, I've actually never... this, This is the absolute first time that I have touched over there on the sidebar where it says genius mixes and I'm looking at them for the first time. <laughs> I've got one here and, and I, I have no idea where this came from. It wasn't anything I put in. Go it on. says hard, hard rock and stoner rock mix. <laughs> what does Apple, and we were uh, talking about privacy see- issues. <laughs> what does Apple know about me? <laughs> Hey, not since the 70s, Apple. Okay, not since the 70s. Okay. Now, this doesn't give you any control over the genius, how the genius mixes are created, of course. <laughs> but, you know, that's another story. But, hey, if it, if it encourages people to use genius mixes, then the tips worked in reverse. So, hit tip. That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Will you let the theme song finish? <laughs> ah, you want me to go first with the app picks this week? Uh, you may as well. Okay. Um, my app pick is uh, something I saw online and I decided to check it out. Uh, it, it's from uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I used to collect quite a few comic books up until probably... Oh, maybe four years ago where I, I just didn't have the time to read them anymore. And uh, to, to, to tell you what kind of collector I was, uh, I have for people that collect comic books, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I have somewhere between 55 and 60 long boxes filled with comic books and plastic bags. Now, I don't have the backings in. I didn't quite go that far. But yeah, I used to collect a lot of comics. 
and I, I just kind of fell out of it. And for the most part, when I still, when I buy them now, I'll buy like a, a collection of like three or four issues in one. Uh, but now Marvel has kind of made it a lot easier for me with this app called Marvel Unlimited. It's an iOS app. It's a subscription service and one year costs about $60. Now that may seem, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. That may seem like a lot of money, but what this gives you is almost their entire library of Marvel comics going all the way back to the early 60s that you can download and read on your iOS devices. Though I would recommend not doing it so much on the iPhone because it's not not a great experience, but on the iPad, it's fantastic. And the only caveat here is they hold back about the last six months of comics because, I mean, they still want you to buy them. And if they just gave it to you everything for $60 a year, what would be the incentive to go and buy the, the hard comic books? So they, they, it's, all, it's about six months in the past as far as what their, their current collection have. But if you like reading comic books, $60 a year for an all-you-can-eat subscription to everything that Marvel has that's not bad. Yeah, so you can find that you can find that over in iTunes. Now, I, I did find one thing that was kind of weird about this. Um, you ha- you can't sign up through the service, from what I was able to tell, as an in-app purchase. You have to go to the Marvel site, sign up there, and give them all your credit card information and all the rest of that. And I thought Apple wasn't allowing that to happen. That no, you had to go through iTunes. Yeah, I did. But huh? I I thought that as well. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but I could not figure out how to subscribe to this service directly through iTunes. So I don't know if that was a mistake on Apple's part or if they've relaxed those restrictions, but you have to go to the Marvel website to sign up for this service. And I went ahead and did that today, and I am I am enjoying my, my comics. Excellent. Sounds cool. I've never really been a big um, comic uh, fan, to be honest with you, comic reader. Bam! Zap! Kapow! Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I get, I get all of that, but uh, yeah. So I, I might I might go over and take a quick peek. So uh, because I, I must admit, I did when it first came out. I I did start to buy a few comics on on the iPad, and I, I was enjoying reading them. But the price was too much for my enjoyment. Oh yeah, that. yeah. Three ninety nine an issue. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. I mean, and, that's just that's just for a digital copy, yeah. which is I think the same price as the hard copy, which is just stupid yeah so i but, uh so 60 dollars a year if it's a you know an equivalent price over here i might i might just give it a go just to just to try it out yeah Any, and that's for a whole year anyway my pick would you like to would you like to hear about it i would zoom zoom yeah good point yes zoom zoom <laughs> uh, and in europe uh, everybody knows what zoom zoom relates to um real racing three there's been a lot of hoo-ha about this game, yeah, mainly because of the in-app purchases. However, however, I uh, skeptically downloaded it and started playing it, and it has me hooked. Yet I haven't spent a penny. I have enjoyed many hours on this game. I have upgraded my vehicles. I have... Um, repaired my vehicles i have bought new vehicles allowing me access to new tracks and i've gone on those tracks it has a friend status and i've been racing with lots of different people and it's been great fun and i haven't spent a penny where's the catch you may ask well the catch is you have to be patient because if you go in Real Racing 3, the the races are initially I was a bit disappointed because they're, they're all fairly short, whereas in Real Racing 2 you could get some long races and it give you the chance to, to get into the know the tracks and to you know it feel like a game uh, or feel like the real thing. But most of these uh, races are, are relatively short. However, um, you, and and if you run into other cars and you you, you know you can get damage on your car, i.e. your tires wear out, you know your exhaust needs repairing, your suspension needs sorting out, you, your air filter and your fuel filter and your all your other sorts of filters uh, get blocked up, which need repairing, and that costs money, and you get money by 
participating in races and obviously the higher up you come in those races, the more money you will earn. Um, you can buy uh, gold because you also it, – it sometimes only gives you the option of using – you know, real racing gold to be able to finish an upgrade or to quickly finish a repair that you might be doing. But you also earn those, you know, the gold coins by participating in the races and and going through the races. And so far, I haven't had to spend a penny on getting gold or getting money to do any of those upgrades. And I'm thoroughly enjoying the game. It does feel quite realistic the graphics are absolutely superb uh the ipad 3 which i have hasn't missed a beat with it now downside if you are not into racing but you you pick this game up and you just can't drive it for love no money you might be encouraged to obviously spend a bit of money to be able to get the upgrade so just you know just be careful about that side of it uh unless you want to spend the money of course and it, it, a younger audience, it says that it's from age four upwards, which I think is is rather an, an age um, uh, constraint on on saying the gameplay is for four year olds upwards, or you know, there's no swearing or anything like that. It's it's not not so much the gameplay because you know three year olds could probably beat me to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but they used to beat me in Taekwondo. But of course, if, but if, if you if you do get a young uh, youngster playing the game and they are struggling, and you know you've got to be careful those in app purchases. So just be just be aware of them because they do pop up quite a lot. But it's it, it it's not in your face. It's not as much in your face as I you know initially felt it, it probably would be. It might be. Um, so Real Racing Three, it's quite good. Now I have heard from somebody who was looking forward to Real Racing Three. They've got uh, a relatively new iPad and an iPhone, and they've tried to install it, and it has crashed, uh, and it's causing them real grief. Get- Wait, the, the app crashed? Yeah, no, the yeah crashed? sorry, sorry. Yes, the app, the app <laughs> crashed, and they're ah, and they're having okay. real problems getting it installed. Now it is quite an intensive game, and it is quite a heavy game. So, but I've had no problems, and I've heard other people are not having problems either. So. Um, you know, look out for Gazmas. You want to, you know, have a go at beating me because I am the stick. Apparently, I am the <laughs> stick. And if if anybody who watches Top Gear, you'll know what I'm talking about. There, I'm not really. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's worth it. It's free. Give it a go. If you want to spend some money, do so. But don't spend lots and lots of money. And don't blame me if you start spending thousands. That's right. Do not sue Gaz out of East Texas. No, because I'm in West Texas. Oh damn. Nope. You weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> um, no people's pick this week. Sad face. Uh, that is sad face. And no new iTunes reviews. I did check that earlier. Uh, please, if you have the chance and you haven't done it in like the last year or so, uh, go on over to iTunes, give us a review, and then let us know. Uh, let us know about it. And we'll read it on the air. And I will send you a Woody, which is just this amazing thing that has to be seen to be believed. And the email that I will send you with the Woody is almost as entertaining as the Woody itself. <laughs> I've seen those emails and he's right. <laughs> he is right. And uh, it, we would appreciate it ever so much if you go over to iTunes. So, and thanks to everybody who has done it in the past. So uh, yeah, we do. We, we really, really do appreciate yeah, it. Thank you very much. So, uh, assuming that you go over to iTunes and do a review and you want to let us know that you have done a review in iTunes. <laughs> this, wow. You're repeating uh, yourself. I mean, you, uh, you, yes, I it am. was going professional. Now it's going back to, back to sort really. <laughs> well, that's gets it, it, for some, whatever. I think it's because I'm so very thirsty. Okay. Uh, you can contact me. I noticed I didn't say at, um, you can contact me with the following email, guy at mymac.com. And you can also reach me uh, on the Twitters after you've set your, your privacy settings to leave me the hell alone, all of you ad scammers. And that is twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. <laughs> and, and Gaz, assuming that they've gone into the privacy settings and and checked all the boxes that needed to be checked and and can still actually 
Gear Podcasts and retweets, how would they contact you? Well, they can send an email to gaz at mymac.com or contact me on the Twitters, twitter.com. <coughs> I'll repeat that, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Z-Z-Z. Uh, you can also contact both of us on twitter.com forward slash guy and gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. Go, go over to Google Plus Communities if you don't feel that uh, Google's going to be taking your life away, which, you know, they could well be. Um, yep. And you can also send us an email to feedback at mymat.com, which goes through Fearless Leader. And there's one other way of contacting us. There is. There, well, there's probably lots of ways that involve, like, poisoned carrier pigeons and, you know, these big, long, elaborate schemes. I have those. But a much, a much easier way to do it is to pick up your telephone and dial area code 703-436-9501. Well, that number again, Gaz, is... 703-436-9501. Call it collect, call it direct, but call it today. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. I think that this is the best show we've <laughs> really? ever done. Well, you, are you sure? Uh, yeah, I think we're good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like us, guy. Yeah, you know why you did that, guys? Yes, I know exactly why I did that. Because you want me to read this last bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unfair. It's so unfair. But before I am going to read it, I am going to read it. But before I do that, thanks to everyone who has downloaded the MyMac.com podcast. Hopefully this week's show will sound a little bit better. <sighs> Thank you all. We really, really do appreciate it. We do. From the bottom of our we do. bottoms. <laughs> and uh, I guess the last thing I have to say this week is, wow, I don't know if I can say this. Hey, can I, can I just say, before you say it. Who, yeah. who put it in there? Um, that would be me. <laughs> I'm saying no more. <laughs> and, and those two words are Aikuskizun Naren Ameran. Close enough. Oh, and then the phone rings. <laughs> I forgot to disconnect the phone. That's all right. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. I hope you like the sound this week, so much closer to perfection each time I speak. It's still your show, so please take the time and go to one of the many ways to leave a critique. Thank you.